No, I do remember when I was, you know, a 240 gunner, my AG, oh. you know, since we got those, you know, newly minted A1s going on full auto because I was black on ammo, every single casing going down my plate carrier. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Hey guys, this is the Hard Time Strongman Podcast, training up a better class of man. And today we are continuing our uh, skill guide series with shoot. So this is not going to be an exhaustive class on the subject of shoot, but this is more of a teaser for our guide upcoming in January 2024. Uh, everything that we put out in this skill guide, both in the PDF and in these little teasers as we'll go month to month uh, are designed to give you a good foothold in this skill set. It's designed as a foundational, a fundamental uh, guide to get everybody on the same page, everybody up to speed. So you could pass off a binder of this information to somebody and get them to a functional, get them to a working knowledge of this skill set. This episode specifically is one of the, you know, your three basic warrior tasks. So shoot, move, and communicate. We're going to be talking about shoot. So everybody's coming from a different perspective, a different background in firearms, in shooting, in militant tasks. So be aware that, you know, whatever your background is, whatever your equipment currently is or is not, uh, this can all be applied. To start us off, uh, we'll just go through the basic four fundamentals of firearm safety. So number one, treat every firearm as if it is loaded. So whatever firearm you find, are handed, pick up, don't goof around with it. Assume that it's, you know, red, loaded up, ready to go. Number two, always keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction, whether that's up towards the ground, you know, away from people. Make sure that that muzzle, which you know, you know has bolts coming out of it, isn't pointed at anything that you don't intend to, you know, don't intend to kill. Number three, don't point your firearm at anything you don't intend to shoot. Rolls right in with the second rule, but be very intentional with this tool that you're carrying that you are responsible for. And number four, be aware of your target and what's beyond it. So when you do have a applicable target something that you do intend to shoot you do intend to destroy know what it is and know what's around it because you're responsible for every bullet that is exiting that barrel and fifth rule that can definitely be applied especially if you have to use your your weapon your pistol your rifle whatever you shoot until the target is no longer a threat i can't stress if it's that worth enough. shooting yes if it's worth shooting shoot until it goes down and it's no longer a threat and that means if it's still there trying to go for whatever weapon it had it's still a threat right so i mean think of even like a hunting context you know how many how many videos have you seen of guys shooting at bears or hog hell hog in texas right i think i showed you that video of the dude with the ar-15 and you know they just had a pack of hogs coming at him and they just kept on coming. Same thing with bears. You know, if depending on the caliber, depending on where you shoot it, it just might not care. You're know, talking about the two-legged variety. If you have dudes that are hot up on PCP or you know other you know drugs, if they're armored, you know it, they might not care. Right. Where you shoot them, how you shoot them. So. Uh, don't just double tap and call it good. You know, shoot until the threat is no longer a threat. That's your due diligence. Yep. And same thing with Baljul One Alpha. When you, you know, run through, when you clear an area, you need to make sure that, that target isn't game back up. Whether that's you providing aid, you know, getting rid of any weapons, or you know, making sure it stays down. That's that's on you. Yeah, because we had a very how to even put this. I'll put it, I'll say it was aggressive 
we had an aggressive training when it came to Battle Drum 1 Alpha. So when you assault through the objective, you are making, you are shooting everything. If it's there and it's a threat, it's getting shot. And even if it's on the ground before you get past it, you're probably still shooting it again. Because once you get past it, well, then you can't shoot it because that's it's a war crime, quote unquote, a war crime. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that's the whole idea of Algebra and Alpha. You know, you are shooting everything in that box until everything in that box is dead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole that's the whole point. But I, I mean, no one likes those surprises. No. Right? I mean, imagine, you know, this latest shooting, right? So imagine if those officers, yo, did their thing, you know, shot, you know, the threat went down and then they went up and they were chill. <laughs> they didn't have their weapons drawn. They're like, oh yeah, it's down. No worries. Picks back up and, you know, smokes to the officers. You know, that's on you. That's on you for not doing your due diligence and making sure that the threat is no longer a threat anymore. You know, it, it really is that simple. So, yeah, shoot until the target goes down. Shoot until the target isn't a threat anymore. With that, we just kind of glide right into the fundamentals of marksmanship. First of all, you need to have a steady position. So what the Marine Corps calls a stability of hold. After that, you just you have to have good aiming. You need to work on your breath control because you're not going to want to be like breathing heavily because if you're doing this, your aim is going all over the place. So make sure you're controlling your breathing. Make sure your trigger control is very well done. Controlled. Yeah, <laughs> controlled. <laughs> yeah, for lack of better phrasing, because you don't want to just slap the trigger. You don't want to like jerk the trigger because your mm. aim then is going to go way off. And of course, I got his for that. Mm. Did you? I got his for that. Basic, yeah. My, uh, yeah, my drill instructor was a former sniper instructor. Oh, that's before he got to us. That's unfortunate. <laughs> he said, "Hey, seven, you know why you're gonna be a shitty shot?" As I'm like in the prone calling, I'm like, "No, drill sergeant." And he's like, "So you don't follow through. You slap your shots. Stop it." Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And he just bullied me relentlessly until I, you know, didn't do that more. And then I shot expert, you know, funny enough. Yeah. We actually listened to adequate instruction. You get better. Weird. Funny how that happens. And in fact, when we were learning our, our BRM, our basic rifle marksmanship, we were doing, I swear to God, nonstop for hours, like lying in the prone with, you know, using a unsupported firing position with a clean rod in the end of the barrel and a quarter on the end yep. of it. And a quarter on the end of it. And yep. you had to... Dime washer drills. Yes, dime washer drills. You had to literally be able to fire that weapon. Of course, no mag in it, no, no rounds in it, but you pull that trigger to the rear. You had to be able to dry fire it, and it was not allowed to fall. Exactly. Yep. And you did that over and 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 over. It's a long story short, over and over until it did not ever fall. Yeah, and that is very hard to do and, when you are lacking on sleep. But yeah, but I mean, we had a so we had another drill instructor who you know absolutely same exact thing, absolutely insisted on diamond washer drills on dry firing. He said, "Guys, I can't take you to the range enough. Mm -hmm. I can't take you to the range enough. So this is what you're going to be doing for right. yeah until we go to lunch." And you know, same exact thing. You know, in the prone, everybody in that bay doing diamond washer drills. He said, this is literally the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. And if anyone's, uh, if anyone one of us came and had a problem with, you know, our marksmanship, had problems with, you know, when we were on the range, it's like, okay, how often are you dry firing? And that would be a direct correlation to how you're actually shooting. Right. Is and, literally that important. And there's really no excuse for it because it, it's, especially today, like you're, you're not in basic training. You actually have access to firearms. You should have access to your own firearms. So you should be doing training whether it's private instructor, like one-on-one -on -one training or just dry firing at home, like pick well, up. Thing, how like you, anybody can put an ex of parents tape on their wall and dry fire for five minutes a day. Exactly. Any, anybody can. Okay. So stability of hold. I threw that in there cause I like the Marine Corps wording on that more. I feel like it's more, um, they take it more seriously. Rah. Right. So stability of hold. Rah. So, 
we're talking about a rifle, we're talking about getting that buttstock in the pocket of your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right? When, you know, depending on your different positions, so if you're kneeling, if you're sitting, you never want bone on bone. So, I mean, like, you never want your elbows resting on your kneecaps, or you want, you know, muscle on muscle that's going to be more stable. You, you know, you want that shoulder pocket. You want to have a good, solid, chic, quality, cheap boat resting on that buttstock. You know, you want to bring the rifle up to you. So, talking about the side alignment, when you have, uh, when you have iron. So, say on a pistol, you want your irons to lie flat. You know, focusing on the front sight post when you have irons on a rifle. You're focusing on the front sight post. Everything should be centered. If you have a handgun, you know, your offhand, your uh, well, your support hand needs to be pulling towards you. Your master hand needs to be pushing away. You know, your dominant support, you have to have that that balance. Right, so... So, one of probably the most effective, um, I guess, tip or tool that uh, one of my drill sergeants actually gave us was, so on the back of the buttstocks, there's a hole. There, there's a hole where the um, the buffer tube goes into on the stock, and what he did was he like made this almost like plug out of duct tape and I don't know, but he this plug could go into the back of the into that hole, and it would actually rest on top of your shoulder, so it actually put that buttstock in proper position so that when you're standing, it's still in the same position. If you go to kneeling, it's still in the same position. And as you're going down and going into the prone, it still keeps the buttstock and the cheek weld in the exact same position so that you cannot move your, your cheek stock weld or your cheek weld. You know what that reminds me of? Hmm. That reminds me of, uh, was it the saw? Yeah. They had that. Yeah. In the buttstock, the little wire. Mm-hmm. Yes, the and you flip it thing. up and it would rest on top. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same. Okay. Same cool. basic principle, but it was just awesome. a little thing that he made. You know, it was it was a training aid, and honestly, quite effectively, it worked because I learned muscle memory where that fucking button mm-hmm. that where that buttstock would go into my shoulder, and I knew the feeling every yeah. time because it's not like you know you see in the movies how people just like take it and jam it into their shoulder and it's completely in the wrong position. Cause if you try to put your cheek down on it, your, your head's dipping down to the side. Basically you're putting it on your, your ear, to your shoulder. And that's not how you want to have right. it. It should be up high. So you just kind of rest it, mm-hmm. your cheek right there on. And it's the same thing over and over and over again. And that's how it should be. Yeah. So honestly, personally, I it recommend repeatable. Yes. I personally recommend someone making one of those and i know most people are not going to have the stock you know what was it a2 stock the m4 stock with the hole in it not many people are going to have that that's an acquired taste right most people are changing to a magpul or or, you know b5 stock but you know it's if you have access to one of those you know straight out of the factory stocks put it on there use that training aid make one for yourself and that will help you with mm-hmm. your steady position. Awesome. And then, I mean, we talked, we touched on that a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know, we were taught both eyes open, yep. you know, keep your situational awareness. You know, if you have to blink that eye real quick to just refocus in your head, go ahead and do that. But you know, always try to keep both eyes open. If you have flat iron, so, you know, like irons on a handgun, you're making your rear sight posts, sit in line with your front side post. So it should be a flat line mm-hmm. and you're focusing on the front side post. If you have, you know, quote unquote, a standard, uh, iron sights for, you know, in air 15, you have the rear side post, which is you know, circle. A actually peep through. And then you have your rod in the, for the front side post, you have the rod and then the, uh, yeah. I don't know what to call those kind like of a comb v. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, kind of like a kind of like a sprout-ish mm-hmm. kind of looking thing, but you're focusing on the tip of that of that front sight, and you're making that line up in the center. Your experience will vary. I've seen some really odd 
iron sights. I've seen diamond iron sights. I've seen yeah. super minimalist ones, super ones that are super involved, but that just takes time on the gun. And same thing, make it repeatable, make it to where everything is lined up and you're focusing on the front sight post on whatever you're using. If you're using irons, if you're using like a red dot side, a magnified scope, you're trying to get rid of that, um, was that that scope shadow, mm -hmm. right? So that gives you a good indicator on if you have the correct eye relief. Yeah. Right. I know the ACOGs were notorious for if you were not right up on them, you were not going to be able to see that reticle. But the manufacturer's, uh, you know, little booklet that the, that the scope will come with, the optic will come with is a great resource for figuring out where you need to actually be looking and how to, you know, correctly utilize that. Agreed. You know, those radicals. Yeah. Right. Then moving on to breath control. So that one is, once again, hard to, hard to explain over voice, but you, when you shoot, you are not holding your breath. Correct. Yeah. That's, that's going to cause you, you know, on the exhale following, that's going to cause you to have to, you know, regain your control, regain your, you know, your posture, your, uh, your normal inspiration and expirations before you can fire again, which is what you don't want. So you're breathing steadily. And then on the end of the exhale, so fire. And that should, you should be able to keep a good tempo with that. If you were, you know, going for more uh, precision type shooting, if you're, if you're running a gun, then, yep. you know, as, folks say in texas bless your heart yeah i'll be praying for you <laughs> best but of luck best i can say is do not hold your breath correct you're waiting for the you know in your natural inspiration expiration your natural inhale and exhale you're waiting for the natural pause between your inhale and your exhale mm -hmm. that's going to be your most your most steady point and then like we touched on trigger control like you shouldn't be it should be just you know Mileage may vary on where you actually place the trigger, but it should be in front of, on the end of your digit. Yeah. Like right in front of that knuckle. Like it should, your trigger should be there and you should be pulling to the rear, not pulling to the side, not like jerking it back. Like none of that straight back, straight back towards the buttstock. Nice and easy. Like you should be able to pull it back, feel the wall. Like once mm -hmm. it gets that resistance, that's where it's going to break. Like you pull it back to there, you know where it's going to break. And when you're ready to fire, evenly pull it back the rest of the way. And we can go ahead and dispel, you know, the old FUD myth right now. You should never be surprised by the report of your rifle. Yeah. You know, I feel like that was circulated a lot because it was, you know, the, the intention was to make guys more relaxed and to just be steady on their, on their trigger pull, mm -hmm. their trigger squeeze. But you should never be surprised. You should always be in full control of your of your firearm. Right. Right. You should know when your firearm is going to fire. So just straight back, controlled. You know, there's old saying in the army, slow, smooth, smooth is fast. You you know, the caveat to that being you need to be able to go fast as well. Right. But you need to build up that foundation so that you can go quickly or smoother. Move more quickly, but also smoothly. Yeah, and of course, once you get to the rear, you'll want to hold it there. Like this is, of course, all slow motion. Once you start firing faster, this all becomes natural and just part of the same motion. You get to the rear, you hold mm -hmm. it there, and you're going to release forward only until it clicks. And once it clicks, mm -hmm. that's your wall. That's where the break is, and you don't go any far further forward unless you are actually taking your finger out of the trigger well. That allows you to shoot quickly. Yes. Like you said, you know, once you hit that wall, you know that's where your trigger engages and you're actually sending that hammer forward, right? So if you only release to that wall, you're breaking time where otherwise you'd have all that sponge, mm -hmm. all that movement, all that play. trigger. Yeah. But pulling all the way back till it fires and then going back to the wall, that's your follow through. You need to be looking at your target that entire time. You cannot lose that target whenever you fire. So if you keep your stay position, your stability of hold, 
if you're keeping good side alignment, actually having eyes on your target and you have good follow through, that allows you to make quicker follow on shots because you're not having to refine your target. You're not having to reset all of these tasks when you're actually shooting. All of this is already half done, essentially. Correct. This week's episode is brought to you by FieldSeats.com. FieldSeats.com is an e-commerce federally licensed firearms dealer. They provide virtual reviews on brand new firearms, optics, and gear, where at the end of the review, they give away the item being reviewed to an attendee. Currently, they've got reviews ranging from the Shadow Systems MR920 for $35, the Springfield M1A for $65, or Chuchicon ACOG with RMR for $60. Each review has limited seating, so your chances of winning the giveaway are that much higher. Check out FieldSeats.com to purchase your reviews and enter to win the item being reviewed, and use code STRONGMEN to get 10% off your order. Be sure to check out their Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Field underscore Seats for updates on products and other tips and info. Use code STRONGMEN to receive 10% off your entire purchase at FieldSeats.com. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for listening, guys. Now back to the episode. Stay in the fight. All right. With that being said, we can move on to our cycles of function. So I listed here the AR-15 cycles of function. You find this FM3-22.9, the M4 carbine, right? But this translates to the AR platform. And after this, we can just talk about not cycles of function, but everything that a firearm needs to do. So this works into your weapons familiarization. If you pick up a firearm that you do not know, you know what has to happen for this machine to work. So AR-15 size of function, the M4 size of function. So feeding, chambering, locking, firing, unlocking, extracting, ejecting, cocking. So feeding, you are feeding the machine. Yep. You are slamming that magazine forward. And when you do that, it's going to lock in place. That's how the machine is designed to work. If you really need to be sure, you can pull down the magazine to make sure that it's seated properly. Correct. And when, when it does feed, that is that is the um, essentially the action of the bolt coming forward and actually stripping a round out of the magazine so that it can, on the next step, chamber it, which is seating the round itself inside of the star chamber, inside of where the round actually sits for it to be fired. Once it chambers into that, the what we call a bolt carrier group, the piece that actually carries the bolt, the firing pin, all that this is the thing that actually moves within your ar-15 this is what it this is this is god this is you if you lose that firing <laughs> pin you are screwed just gonna say that um no once that once that bull carrier group slides forward and chambers it um the end of it will rotate ever so slightly and lock it into place so that that round and that bull carrier group cannot move Upon that, you pull the trigger, it fires. It releases the spring, well, it releases the hammer um, within the lower to hit the firing pin, which then in turn hits the primer on the round and ignites the powder, sends the round down range. Once that happens, the expelled gases travel back up through the, the mechanism, through the, um, the gas tube. So gases travel. Forces forces that yep. bull carrier group back. That naturally disengages that lock. So it mm-hmm. rotates once more back to its former position. Mm-hmm. Right? Those teeth on the the star chamber. On the yep. star chamber let go. Or not on the star chamber, but on, on the bolt. The, on the bolt yeah. let go. Right. As it does that, so pulling f- rearwards, there's an extractor in your bolt that shunts your casing out yep. of your firearm so it extracts yep. ejects out of your firearm once it pulls back all the way it's completed its cycle it's cocked again ready for you to squeeze the trigger and fire all of this is done extremely quickly yeah right. extremely quickly at most during this action all you're going to really be able to see unless you like really focus in on it is just the ejection. The ejection of the round is really all you're going to see. You will see light and then the casing flying away. <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> and you not- won't even be able to, you won't even be able to distinguish those two actions really. 
Right. It and, is very, very fast. And hopefully that round just doesn't end up going down the back of your shirt because that is unfortunate and very hot and will cause you to do the round dance. What are you talking about? Those are Valkyrie kisses. So they oh, don't the Valkyrie kisses? That's what That's you call honor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do remember when I was, you know, a 240 gunner, my AG, oh. you know, since we got those you know, newly minted A1s going on full auto because I was black on ammo, every single casing going down my plate carrier. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And I am holding a full-fledged machine gun, so I have to just sit there and take it. <laughs> Oh, no. It was a great time to be alive. Pretty sure I still have scars for it. Uh, pretty sure you do, too. Yeah. So with that... Oh, wonderful memory. Anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> with that, we get into what every firearm needs to have happen. Every firearm needs to feed, so it needs to put a round into the chamber. It needs to chamber and lock. It needs to fire. It needs to unlock, extract, eject. All that can be optional or mandatory, yes. And then it needs to recock itself. Whether it is semi-auto or full-auto, all of this actually happens. It doesn't matter if it's a bolt action. It doesn't matter if it's a semi-auto. It doesn't matter if it's a freaking 240 Bravo. Like, all of this needs to happen, whether it's manually or automatically. And I say this in the facet of you don't actually have to cause the unlocking, the extracting, the ejection, and the cocking of the firearm. I'm not saying that every right. everything that's not a manual or, or bolt action is going to be full auto. Like that, that's not what I'm saying. Use your heads. Right. But we also don't know what you guys have. Correct. Right. So you may be sitting pretty with the 249 saw and living out your best life. You may have a you know run the mill AR-15. If you have but a 249, have... I'm going to hate you. I'm going to love you and you just keep doing it, man. <laughs> I'm jealous for you, but you know, you may have a pump action. You may have a break action. You may have a revolver. Mm -hmm. You may have something weird like a P90 oh. or, you know, a bullpup. You may have an air rifle. I don't know what you have, but most all, you know, everything that we're going to be talking about needs to be able to do the same thing. Right. And it will so happen. Even if you facet. pick up a firearm, Right. So even if you pick up a firearm you've never touched before, right? If you understand these fundamentals, you'll be able to figure this out. And, you know, granted, you don't need to be able to do this like with a couple sites on the fly, but you know, this you know, this knowledge base expands the amount of arms that you can use to, you know, everything that's out there. You know, if you understand these fundamentals. So I'm, I've picked up firearms where I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, the, like what, is, like, what does this do? And I haven't been able to, you know, work it, but given enough time, you can, you know, make the firearm go. <laughs> so going into a little bit more, um, you know, just some manual arms, some, some functional tasks here. So for malfunction specifically for the AR-15 platform, right? So we have immediate action, which is tap, rack, bang. So tap, you know, say, you know, you're shooting, 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 and then click. You know, you didn't run out of ammo, yeah, malfunction. So first three things you should be doing is tap, rack, bang. So tap, you're tapping the bottom of your magazine. You're making sure that the magazine is locked in place. It is seated properly. And that rounds are feeding okay. upwards. If they may be stuck in the magazine and all you need to tap and they'll they'll release and normal function will happen again. Exactly. Rack, you're racking the charging handle back. Mm -hmm. So you're forcing you're forcing that cycle to begin again. And bang, you're squeezing the trigger. So tap, rack, bang should take only a couple seconds. And hopefully if all is well, you're back in the fight. If not, you move on to sports remedial action and this is the difference between immediate and remedial immediate is just you're not investigating the cause of why your weapon is not functioning why it's not firing remedial action you're trying to figure this out so this is what we call sports so the acronym is sports uh start with s so you're slapping the magazine so you're 
hitting the bottom of the magazine to make sure it's seated and that the rounds are, you know, moving properly within it. Feeding. Yes, feeding, exactly. He, you're pulling the charging handle. You're pulling that thing to the rear and you're holding it there. Oh, you're observing the chamber. So you're turning your AR-15 sideways and looking physically into the chamber to ensure that there is not a an issue within there, whether there's a round that's already been fired and it's stuck in the chamber, or you have a double feed, a stovepipe, whatever. Those are different kinds of malfunctions. Uh, upon that, you release the charging handle forward, and it will reseat around if the chamber is empty. If you have a if there's an issue within the chamber, you're going to be locking that bolt to the rear, dropping the magazine. That's something else entirely. So we are we're slap, pull, observe, release. That gets us to tap T. You're tapping the forward assist, that little button on the side. Now, Eugene Stoner says that the forward assist is absolutely useless, but whether it is a security blanket for you or it actually helps, because sometimes it does, maybe there's some dirt in there that's caused the the bull carrier group to not seat all the way forward, tapping that that forward assist will actually push the bull carrier group forward to cause it to fully seat and lock. This is possible because of the 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 little notches on the side of your bolt carrier group. Correct. So that forward assist actually has a rod that's attached to it you know, via spring and everything. So you tap that and it actually fits in that notch and it ratchets mm-hmm. up that, that bolt carrier group. The reason why we don't really like that is because if you are having a malfunction, if something is causing that bolt carrier group to not want to go forward, you know, say you have a, an obstruction, you know, debris, uh, spent casings, whatever in, you know, in your chamber, you're forcing that bulk carrier group into that, mm-hmm. into your chamber, into your barrel. So you could, you know, potentially be making that situation worse. Correct. I, I would say very, I, you know, and I can't say this with any kind of objective certainty, but I highly doubt that you've used your rifle so much that you, it isn't looped enough to be able to ride forward on its own. Right. Unless you just didn't loop it to begin I, with. Right. So I highly, I highly doubt that, but I can't give you any objective certainty. Correct. So that is why we personally don't, don't like that portion in sports. Correct. And of course the last, last part of that is yes, squeeze the trigger. Fire your weapon, private. <laughs> Keep killing. Kill, Correct. kill, kill. And of course, you need to be able to to do these immediate and remedial actions because as one of my drill sergeants said in basic training, you need to be able to do sports. Otherwise, you're going to end up like Jessica Lynch. She got captured because she didn't know how to do sports. Not going to lie. She may think what you want. She may have gotten a parade. She got captured because she couldn't do remedial action. Such is the life of a pogue. <laughs> you're out of line, but you're right. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. And for all my blessed, blessed machine guards out there, you know what it is. Pops. Pops, yes. That is our immediate action for our machine gunners. Pops. You pull the charging handle back. You observe your ejection port. Make sure that whatever was not working in your pig is working now. You push that charging handle forward because it's very heavy. And if you don't push it, it's not going to want to go because it's lazy. And then you squeeze the trigger. And you continue raining down hellfire on your enemies. (laughs) Sorry, I'm biased. I love love my machine gunners. I know. And some some vernacular. Um, I talked about this in in an earlier episode, but our weapon sasses. Yes. So three weapon sasses: green, amber, and red. Green. Your firearm is completely unloaded. There is no magazine in your firearm. There is no round in the chamber. Amber. There is no round in the chamber. However, you do have a magazine inserted. And red. You have your magazine inserted, and there is a round in the chamber. Red is dead. You are red is dead. You're ready to rock. So 
this is good. So just knowing, understanding this vernacular is good because, you know, this works into SOPs, right? So when we were, you know, out in Afghanistan, we were on Amber, what, almost all the time. Speak for yourself. Right? <laughs> when we went out on mission, we were red. So if, uh, except for, you know, like a machine gunner, which... We won't get into that. Uh, but if you're a grinder, <laughs> if you were a rifleman, you know, you were on red, you're ready to go. And then green, if you're traveling, if you're, you know, the weapon is no longer in your possession, if you're not in control, that you're on green. So something that I do in my home is, you know, I carry, if I'm currently carrying my firearm, I'm on red. Yep. Same. Because I need to be able to, you know, address threats as they come, right? If I'm not in control of my weapon, then it is on amber. So knowing that, you know, the people in my household that need to know about the farms that are in there know about them already, I trust them to understand and abide by the SPs that we've already put in place. However, if my children who are slowly and methodically learning how to crawl around my house, find a firearm, they don't have the technical knowledge at this time, nor the strength in order to put that weapon into action. So it's just another, another safety concern for me. So another assurance. Things are a little different in this house. Like if my weapon is remotely near me, it's on red. If I'm carrying, it's on red. I leave two ARs actually in my safe on red. I'm also not concerned about Scarlet, you know, just going to town though. Well, yeah. I mean, teach your dogs about firearm safety. <laughs> So everything else that's in my safe, if, if it's if it's been if it's in there for long term storage, i.e., I'm not going to be using it or not thinking I'm probably going to use it anytime soon, it's it's in what I like to call um, armor storage. So it is green, and it's not on safe. In fact, the trigger's been pulled so that the hammer is actually forward, so that right. there is no tension on any of the springs. It is. It is as close to, I guess, stock coming from the factory as you would see. It's being kind to your firearms. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Do I unload my magazines if they're being stored for long term? No. Because springs can be replaced. And that's why I have tons of magazines. All right. Let's go on to uh, familiarization. So we talked a little bit about different type of firearms, but if we're talking about rifle or carbine pattern rifles, right? There are several different actions that you may uh, engage in the wild, right? So automatic, as long as you were you know, holding down the trigger, the weapon is firing until the weapon is no longer fed. Simple enough, semi-automatic, every time that you pull the trigger, a round is fired. Break action. God help you if you have a rifle that's break action. That oh. is an that is an old rifle. You are a poor um, soul. I feel for you. <laughs> but you know what, Grandpappy left you a really cool treasure. So mm -hmm. good for you, man. True. Um, but like a break action shotgun, the I don't even know how to how to verbally explain this, but so it's almost like the, a the rifle load. breaks. Yes. For, yeah. So it's like so it's a breach road, right? So yeah. So breaches down. So your where the barrel so your so where the barrel so your fire control group so your trigger and everything mm -hmm. is housed in the rear of the rifle mm -hmm. in the front of the rifle your chamber actually breaks down down forward okay you load your casings in yeah. the chamber and then you pull and seat the the rifle back into battery in a in a linear fashion you fire and then to actually expel those rounds, you have to break. break. That's where break action comes mm -hmm. from. So breach down, those get expelled, and you continue. Really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting mechanic, honestly. Yeah. I actually but, have a uh, break action shotgun. Yeah. My wife does too. Mm. They're really cool. They are. Uh, pump, once again, I don't know how you got one. I don't know how you got a break action or a, or a pump action. I mean, it could be an air rifle. Rifle, but 
cool for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a different thing though. I'm talking about like a, if you have like a pump action, you know, 308, like that's pretty cool. I don't Dude, know how you got it. I, I don't think but, I've ever seen one of those to be honest. I've heard of yeah. them. I've but, never seen one. Same thing. Yeah. But same thing as a, uh, as pump action shotgun. Everyone knows what pump action shotgun is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does the same thing. There's going to be a, yeah, there's going to be a little button next to the, to the uh, trigger guard. Pull that, that releases the bump and you can go along your merry way. That takes us into lever my action. personal, that takes us into my personal favorite, the lever action. God's action. <laughs> oh God, those are so sexy. I'm not going to lie. If you don't, if you don't have a 4570 lever action rifle, you're <sighs> wrong. Freaking Henry repeater. Was it Henry Peter? It was Henry. Yeah. Yeah. So lever action. Yes. God, I don't even know how to explain it, but so basically, where your the, trigger the guard is, you can figure. Yeah, where your trigger guard is, yeah. like that actually extends down to actually cover your hand on your firing hand. And what you do is after after you fire, you actually force that down and forward. And once that happens, it actually expels the round that you had just fired. And once you pull it back, it chambers the round and cocks the rifle. So you're ready to go it's again. So cool. It's so awesome. So I love repeaters. repeaters. Uh, uh, your, what am I trying to think of? I don't know. What are you trying to think of? Not, not Daisy. No, Daisy would be a pump. No, no, the the BB gun. Oh, the BB gun. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be not an air Daisy, rifle. But the um, yeah, not Daisy. But what was the other one? The Red Rider. Red Rider. I think that's still a Daisy, though. Wasn't Wait, it? It's a Red Rider. Yeah, that's true. No, I don't think it is. It is you'll it put your eye out. I don't know. Oh, doesn't matter. But Hazel, same idea. Yeah. And then you know, if you're you know, pretty much any you know deer hunting rifle, any uh, long range rifle is going to be a bolt action. So, oh, yes. And you actually did forget one. I forgot one. The muzzle loader. Oh, the muzzle loader. Yeah. I can't help you there. That one. That's outside <sighs> my wheelhouse. Some people like the muzzle loader. When, when we're talking about muzzle loader, we're talking about like revolutionary war style. But on the modern end, the barrels actually like grouped. Like there's actually, actually rifled. There's actually rifling in that barrel. I mean, and for hunting, they've got some incentives. So like a longer season, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. It's keeping the tradition alive, but they have made some good, good advancements so far. Just in the shot themselves are more advanced, mm-hmm. more accurate. But you're talking about a stupid, st- stupid projectile. Those things are nuts. It's like 50 cal and above. Yeah, they're dumb. They're dumb. Personally, I don't see the draw, but you know, to each their own. If you want to stand in a line and shoot at each other, go right ahead. Oh God! Talk, talk about shotguns. Yeah. So that brings us to shotguns. <laughs> Different type of shotguns that we have. We have your automatic. So think your AA twelve. Terry Crews walking down the hallway, just blowing people away in the Expendables. That's your automatic shotgun. You also have your semi-automatic, so you're talking the Benelli M4. Benelli M4. That thing is oh. so sexy. That is your dream. Mm. That is my dream shotgun right there. That thing is just absolutely insane. They're used for target shooting. They're used in the military. I, oh, God. I want one so bad. We talked about the brake shotgun, also known as the breech loader. Breaks from the top. Shell goes in. Pull it back. These are... Um, your single barrels, your over-unders, your double barrels, all those tend hunting. to be, yeah, your hunting rifles tend to be brake shotguns. Then you have your most common ones, which are the pump-action shotguns. Mossberg 500, Remington 870. Exactly. Your exactly. master keys. Most all of these are going to be <laughs> shotguns, your yes. Oh, God. Some master keys. So worthless, but so awesome. So awesome. So much weight. Right. Or mm. help you. Handguns. So you have your automatic. <sighs> your what Glock 18? <laughs> was that the automatic one? Well, I think it was the 18. 
Yeah. Or if you have a spicy armor. Ooh. Anyway, you're semi-automatic. So think your Glocks. Think you're literally everything else. Yeah, your most common form. And your revolvers. (laughs) Your wheel guns. Your old school FUD type. Although there is something to be get to be said about the uh, the Schofield revolver, it just looks sexy. You know what? I'm I'm gonna fight you on it. The Smith and Wesson Governor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fire four ten shot out of that thing. Oh, oh right. I do. Was, was that the Governor or the Judge? So there's the Taurus Judge. Oh, and there's right. The Smith and Wesson Governor. Right. Okay. And I don't even care. I will make a use case for that. Those I, things are just cool. That's fair. I mean, self-defense, like, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, you're out of rounds. Oh, well, hang on a second. Let me put this 410 shell in here. Mm-hmm. Call 911. Where'd he go? Well, he's over there. And over there. And over there. A little bit of anyway. hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> and then some other considerations. And granted, like I said, guys, this is not an exhaustive list. But... You weirdos. Some of the things you may find in the wild. So your bull pups. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it's the action. Odd. Yeah. I mean, it's odd, and also just as a as the end user, not being able to get to the internals, that really bugs me. Like if I have something going on with my AR, I can strip that thing down to nothing. But I'm sure you know, you maybe it's just can my. I was gonna like, say maybe it's just my lack of you know knowledge in bull pups but from what i've heard and seen it looks like more of a chore to be actually able to get into the action but bull pup instead of the action being forward of your hand you know more forward yeah. your hand everything is essentially resting in the bus is you know behind mm-hmm. the trigger so makes it, it is an interesting concept i'll give you that so you can have a full length you know 16 inch you know barrel and you'll be able to grab the muscle device on the end of it, no sweat. So it's able to compress everything really small. And you still keep all the ballistics of you know the longer barrel. But for guys that are used to using ARs, it's a completely different, you know, muscle memory. Yeah. It it takes complete and from, retraining. And from what I've seen trying to actually build one, it's all the parts are proprietary. You know, you can't have you can't hop on PSA and, you know, build something from scratch. It's going to, you're sitting with one company and you're going to be there a while. So. Got your fan boys. Yeah. But, you know, countries, you know, if countries employ the bullpup style rifles, then, you know, they've been used to great success. So that could honestly just be a preference thing. Yeah. I mean, some of these. No, I mean, some of these bullpups that we're, we're talking about are the uh, Stereo Aug, or the Tavor, or even this next this next weapon, the P ninety. The P ninety is actually a bullpup. What? No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's considered a bullpup. Yes. Oh, that's so odd. That's so odd. I didn't think it was considered a bullpup because yeah. you load it from the top. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter. It does it? It's, 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 it's the, the action itself. It's the position of the action. Yeah. So the P90 is a, um, it can be semi auto. It's a weird gun. Yeah. It's very, it's very futuristic. It's very cool though, because it does fire a very small, fast, tumbling armor piercing round. Um, Five, seven. It is a submachine gun. I, currently in use by a variety of special forces including the um secret service um i think the fbi uses them but it is a very odd weapon in that the magazine well, the itself is, go ahead so i was gonna say so a few you know really great pros for it is that it's, it's so stinking small it is easily concealed yeah it is tiny and the round itself like you said armor piercing but the 5.7 itself is small each magazine, granted, it's weird because you do load it from the top of the firearm, but each magazine holds 50 rounds. And even crazier, because it can hold 50 rounds, the reason it can hold 50 rounds is because the rounds are in, are put in there sideways. 
Well, the rounds yeah. actually sit in there sideways until they get to the front, and the magazine design itself actually takes the round and turns it 90 degrees so that it can be chambered properly. And still, all of yeah. the action is behind your firing hand. So all right. of like the internals so, yeah, function the behind there. Weird. Yeah, it's, it's a bullpup. Huh. I'm surprised you didn't that. know that. Yeah. Oh, and there you go. There's your muscle. Well, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it, it makes sense. You it know, does. Objectively, but I just had never thought of it as a as a bullpup. Right. But yeah. One odd gun. And then something that I think is really interesting, something I threw in there were air guns. Right. So you're like BB guns or Fletchettes. No, no, no. Look up, look up. No, look up. Look up Texas air gun. Is that a bullpup? No. Air, air force, force air guns. Air guns. Oh, what the crap? Yeah, 308. What? It's not your granddad's BB gun. Oh, dude, does that run on CO2? Oh, my God. They make like a crossbow with that. Yeah, I'm concerned more with the 308. Well, I mean, caliber yeah. air gun. That's I've seen videos of dudes taking out crazy. windshields, taking out car doors. And I, don't, I think it's the SS line is integrally suppressed. Yep. I'm looking and at because that because it's an air gun. Do you know what here? Yeah, nothing. That's it. That's crazy, so, dude. And it's an air gun. Anybody can buy one. Does the suppressor have to be tax stamped? It's not a suppressor. It's an air gun. I stand corrected. And I want one. You should want one. For reasons. So platforms like this... No, but Platforms like this can easily be used um, to take out lights. Honestly, like I, 22s, air guns, these are platforms that I, in my mind, would can be easily used to take out spotlights, to take out um, overhead security mm -hmm. lights, um, stuff well, like that. And what we just said, Cameras. so this integrally suppressed air gun, this is completely silent. Yes. People hunt with these. That's crazy. Like large people hunt large game with oh, these six. Oh my god. I want like, one. So huge huge use case. But to your point about, you know, cameras, lights, um different sensors or monitors, okay? Something else that's really really useful that people don't really give a green to. Granted, it's not a firearm. Okay? Slingshots. Oh yeah. That's, Slingshots that's a very are effective tool. Incredible tool. Yeah. I mean, think about it. So you could have you know, say even just in a little GM pouch, like a canteen pouch or a canteen cup pouch, right? You have a slingshot, you can have a hundred ball bearings. Granted, you have to silence them, right? Mm -hmm. But you could have that ready to rock in your ruck or your assault pack. And then, you know, small, you know, small game like rodents, that sort of thing for hunting, you know, taking out monitors, distractions, anything. And that's all right there, completely silent. And you're able to you know, scavenge for your own resupply for for ammunition for that so dude they have a 510 caliber yes they do for hunting helicopters it should go up without saying guys i hope that you've been around long enough we're going to throw the link in the description of this episode for you because and i'll say it again we're talking about an error rifle any one of what? you, you know, granted, if you do, if your country doesn't have laws prohibiting it, can purchase this. Looking at you, Canada. Some of these lines are integrally suppressed, meaning you don't hear anything. And it's not a suppressor by law. They have a pistol. Oh, my. They have a pistol line, dude. Yeah, some of these actually have a converter for a hand pump so you don't even have to have like co2 tank this is new to me yeah. this is awesome i'm i'm actually in awe of this <laughs> so i and, and that's why i put it on there i wanted to show you guys all these things so talking about slingshots talking about crossbows bow and arrows air rifles muzzle loaders 
you know, just your run of the mill rifles, handguns, shotguns. You guys should have a general knowledge, right? What we call at Hard Time Charmin weapons familiarization, right? So you should be able to go out into the wild, pick up a rifle or a handgun or, you know, at all miscellaneous, pick up this weapon system and be able to effectively employ it. Oh, I'm going to get real that familiar be with these. Your goal. That should be your goal. You know, that just makes you a uh, more consistent, a more you know useful fighter provider, you know, everything providing for your own defense. If you don't have to rely only on your organic weapon system, you just open up the entire world for yourself. So that's all I got. I feel, Six, do you have anything? I feel Aladdin coming on whole new world. <laughs> Like this is, <laughs> dude. That's amazing. But no, I, I don't have You're anything welcome. else. Like, yeah, this has been, this has been a great, uh, his reintroduction to shoot. I know we covered this in one of our earlier episodes, but yeah, knowing that we're going to be doing this in our PDF and covering this way, way, way more in depth. Um, I know I have a lot of stuff on weapons familiarization and just basic rifle marksmanship on my ig from like a few years ago so if you feel like digging through and finding those i have a ton of stuff on there it, there's a lot of good resources um it's still pretty accurate but yeah definitely and this is going to be this you know is we're not going to try to you know kill you guys with all this information Ooh. right we're not going to give you guys a you know a bibliography on shoot but our goal is to be able, you know, you to be able to hand this to somebody and, you know, train up a decent fighter. Exactly. Like, so we're, we're not going to, we're not going to keep out anything that we think would be necessary for that to happen. Correct. And the, the, so we're talking about images, you know, cliff notes, sidebars, everything. We're trying to give you guys the full picture here. This is, a legacy item for us. Exactly. This is ex extremely important. Exactly. So, and the whole goal of the familiarization process is just for you to be able to walk up to a gun that you, for you to be able to walk up to a weapon system that you have never operated before. And within a couple of minutes, be able to figure out how to chamber around, how to put it on safe, how to fire it. You know, if something right. goes wrong, knowing what piece of that weapon to, to manipulate to try to get it back into action like they all have the same basic function they all have the same basic i like principles and parts it's just finding it and figuring out how it operates i mean the difference between a an uh ar-15 and an ak-47 is vast but once you actually see how it operates and figure it out like you're never gonna forget that the mechanics of it everything needs to feed mm -hmm. everything needs to chamber lock fire extract eject cock you know that's that is the why yep that's why we're teaching you guys this you know and in popular culture so red dawn what was it 81 86 81 mm, something like that yeah when when the first red dawn came out mm -hmm. but you think those kids had ever touched an ak in their life no no <laughs> no they had not they had to learn that so that's what we're trying to get you guys so you don't have to go through those growing pains so you have a better base knowledge so that you can pick something up and be able to use it and above all things we are not hoping that something like that happens by any stretch of the imagination we we are not looking for civil war to happen we are not looking for a revolutionary war to happen we are not looking for an invasion to happen but should that happen we want you to have the knowledge the information to be able to do something about that, to protect your family, to protect your loved ones, to protect your community, protect yourself. Like that, that's, that's our goal. We are not here to advocate for violence. We are here to advocate for no. the ability to do violence in return if necessary. Exactly. Well, the opposite. So I listened to a great podcast. Uh, I think it was resistance by uh, what the American war college Something like that. Hmm. The Mar the Mar Warfare Institute. 
Okay. Great, great episode on, on resistance. But the idea being that you have a trained populace that can defend themselves, right? So our answer to this, we hate violence. But the fact is, is we live in a violent world. So us training you guys to a higher standard is a deterrent. Is a deterrent against people who want to do you harm. If those who wanted to do you harm knew that you had a higher skill set, higher standard of living, that you're ready, willing, able to defend that, that's going to give them pause. Yeah. So it, that's our goal. Exactly. It goes to back. train up a better class of man. Exactly. And it goes, it, it all goes back to the, the, I guess, misattributed quote, you know, behind every blade of grass is a weapon. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's what we're going for. Bubba and his 308. We, we want y'all to be like that. 100%. So with that being said, guys, this was shoot a continuation of our teaser series on the strongman skills guide. Thank you for listening. Got anything else, man? Nope. Not a thing. Send it. All right. Well, we're the hard time strong men sharing up a better class of man. Stay in the fight. Thank you.